0: Welcome to Point of Origin episode 66, the episode where Michael Shanks plays two roles in one episode and they're both (laughs) bedbound.
1: I feel like that had to be some sort of meta on purpose joke, like Thor was originally going to be like up and about with them and everything on the ship and then they were like, hey, we're rewriting anyway, let's just be cheeky about it. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I, I was here for it because uh, it was really funny. I, it's not like we didn't know that Michael Shanks voiced Thor already. Yeah. Honestly, up until now, I've really always had a hard time kind of hearing it. He does a really good job, you know, of kind of losing yeah. himself in the voice. Absolutely. But I was today, for some reason, reminded of an interview I watched a few years ago of Alan Tudyk when he was interviewing about what it took to make the voice for K2SO on Rogue uh-huh. One. Uh-huh. And he talked about how he was like, you know, gonna add like a childlike element to his voice, and then he added the accent. And it was really cool because as he was speaking, he added he each would add layer each in one it. by one, and then by the end, it went from being Alan Tudyk to freaking K2SO, and it was
0: kind of cool. That's awesome.
1: I was reminded of that as I was listening this time for Michael Shanks' voice, because as you first hear him, like, over like the uh, quote-unquote intercom of the ship, I was like, oh shit, there it is. Okay, 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 okay. I can kind of hear it now. <laughs> and I was... <laughs> Finally,
0: able to identify those little threads of Michael in there. <laughs> yeah, it's if you know his voice really well, you can pick up the kind of. But he does a little good job. Starbursts
1: of it. It was kind of like when I watched uh, Robots as a kid. Uh, when I, was, I didn't know Owen McGregor was in it, it was great watching it because I was. He has one line when he's talking to that robot dude in his house, the one that was like the the big dude. Yeah. Um. When they're in his house after that whole domino scene, he has a certain line that he says. if I whipped my head up and I went, Obi Wan. <laughs> Is that you, Obi-Wan? I believe that might be you. And I was right. <laughs> because That's it's just like funny. there's always that one little thing that all right? of a sudden yeah. that tiny bit of cadence that no matter what accent you're doing or what, it still
0: sounds exactly like them. Yeah, there's some, there's some uh, little little deliveries that you just can't escape no matter how professional you are. You're always going to yep. sound a little bit like yourself.
1: Right. Now I just need somebody to animate that robot from Robots and have him go,
0: it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. <laughs> I'm sure if you dig deep enough in the internet, it does already exist. That would make me very happy. But yeah. Because anyway, that so- scene has been memed to hell and back. But yeah, so I, I really did like Michael's
1: attempt to be in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually weirdly in a lot of this. Well, yeah, they thankfully they had time after the fact to once he recovered. Yeah, stuff. they just did some filming
0: apparently a few weeks afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I do have to wonder if, like, originally he was supposed to have Paul's role or, or what was the... Because, like, it's not like Daniel would have been any use on that ship. He probably would have, um,
1: just, this is literally just a wild guess, but I assume the original draft had him trying
0: to communicate with them or something. Okay. Like, going, having the replicator stuff start early? Oh, God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll <laughs> never know. Because it's a penny yeah, crutchered. so I'm Mel. And I'm Liz. And today... Uh, we're covering season three, episode twenty-two, the end of season three, and it's called Nemesis.
1: Dude, it was also the first episode to be filmed in thirty-five millimeter, apparently, according to oh. the trivia. This is the standard up until they switched to HD in like season season seven or something. I don't know. But yeah, it was pretty cool to read. Um the concept yeah. that apparently what was it? Actually I always try to like say it myself and it's always crap, so then I have to go find the actual thing here we go the episode is the first to be shot completely in 35 millimeter previous episodes were all filmed in 16 millimeter except for the effects which probably shows why they stood out so much yeah <laughs> all future episodes would be shot in 35 millimeter until the sw- the show switched to hd starting with new order part one nice yeah so there you go awesome i'm guessing it'll be a little less grainy from here on out yeah and it
0: does look pretty good it did
1: look better i this one this episode actually also apparently got uh nominated for an emmy because of its special effects so that does you know what the special effects are not bad yeah it wasn't it wasn't it was definitely not their worst job
0: there was even that really wide open space shot where they just wanted to zoom in and show how big the spaceship was compared to how small teal yeah yeah and i distinctly remember thinking not bad
1: my favorite example of their effects was the scene where they show, like, I'm guessing it's like the warp core or whatever, and uh, they're gonna, like, make it explode or something. They're gonna, they're gonna blow it up or something, and they open the oh, door, don't say the line, it-
0: don't say the line, we'll get there. I wrote it down, don't worry. Okay, but you yeah, I but wrote it scene- down. Anyway, don't
1: spoil point- that. <laughs> I wasn't spoiling it. Anyway, okay, what I was saying okay. is, is that I like the effects they were showing in it, I really liked it because they had not just the warp core itself, but they had all of the uh, tiny creatures moving around oh, in yeah. the shot as well. It was really good for effects.
0: No, that was, that was a good, that was a good scene. But yeah, so this episode, the final episode of season three, was written by Robert C. Cooper, one of our our dependables. <laughs> you
1: see his name and you're like, oh, good. It's like, oh, cool. This won't be an absolute shit episode. Right?
0: And it in was directed theory. by Martin Wood, who is another one of the directors that Ooh, we tend to trust.
1: Fun fact, he's actually in this episode because is there's he? a... Yeah, so I'm, it's a tiny bit ahead of ourselves, um, but I'll, I'll keep it short. The scene where Jack gets beamed up, um, yeah. behind him, there's a dude walking, by, you know, up the hallway who looks clearly disconcerted, just like Sam. That's yeah. uh, Major Wood, <laughs> otherwise known <laughs> as Martin Woods' first cameo. That's so cool. That's I
0: remember funny. seeing the
1: shot and going, "Okay, who the fuck is that guy?" Obviously, he's supposed to be somebody because there's <laughs> such a clear, like, he's in the shot he's so clearly. In the shot. Yeah. And honestly, for like for a millisecond, I knew it wasn't him because it, it it didn't look enough like him. But for a millisecond, it looked close enough to a uh, Shepard from. Atlantis. That I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, that's a major wood, apparently. Phenomenal.
0: So they're they're both mainstays. We we uh, enjoy both of them, and it shows. Cause uh, I don't think this is gonna be a long episode, but it's not because it's a bad episode. No, it's just it's just very straightforward about what happens. It's um the 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 prep episode, the startup yeah, exactly. episode, and mm-hmm. it's
1: everything we've talked about should be in. Episodes that we've complained about not having enough setup. Yeah. Because it should be like, well, this should have been like a two parter or something. This yep. is what they should have done <laughs> for Absolutely, those Absolutely, 100%. So they, they did the job well here.
0: They even prepare for the submarine thing that I kept mes- mixing this episode up with. Yep.
1: <laughs> Which explains why we were able to uh, mix it up so easily, considering. Ours. Yeah.
0: I, I was so relieved to see that little foreshadowing right, at the like, end. I was like, I'm like oh, like, oh that's you. why she thought that. Yeah. As soon yeah. as I saw the ending, I was like, oh, okay, that's why we,
1: that, yep, that would explain it.
0: Yeah. So. The whole episode opens up with quite po- possibly the most awkward scene between Jack and Daniel ever recorded. I love that scene; it holds up so well. Can it's I keep so scar? good, no. but it's like, why are you two acting like this? He didn't die. What are you
1: doing? Well, so here's the thing: I actually, I actually have a theory about that because it was something I thought that it was a, I thought it was a good kind of thematic touch Uh uh-huh throughout the episode is this is i think a bit of a first time wake-up call for jack Um, up until now could (laughs) die (laughs) well kind of i think there's honestly the fact that any of them could yeah because it was so sudden it was so not what he was expecting and it wasn't even in like the you know midst of battle or something it was just his friend the day before filming ruptured his appendix yeah (laughs) yeah i buy that so he's still so he's talking to daniel and he has like this you know kind of sad feeling attitude about his face almost and then he's talking to Sam there's other things going on there that definitely impede this uh, a little bit but he definitely also seems to have a bit of like a detachment thing going on there like with the him realizing just how much space there's going to have to be there so that kind of Mm -hmm. feeds into it a little bit more and then it really got heavy I thought when he was having that scene with Teal'c with the visor, and he oh, was yeah. getting ready to send him out into space. Uh huh. Yeah. It definitely. really seemed like Jack was really having to battle with the odds of life of the life he's chosen in this End episode. Of losing and losing his seems that, Yeah, and it seems like in real time, at every um section, every corner in this particular episode, Jack is constantly having to be reminded of that, and he's kind of not here for it. And Even I really Thor. liked that with the feel. Yeah, so I really just enjoyed that feel of him when he was talking to Daniel. It like really set it up nicely of him just being, you know, he's, he's uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah. And then he literally just gets worse as the episode continues. I really appreciated that. But it took me a little, it took me until like about the teal interaction to start kind of putting the pieces together. Putting because together. I also noticed it was a little odd how he was talking to um, Daniel. I was also laughing my ass off because of yes. the, uh, can I see the <sighs> scar? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>! No. <laughs> it was like, fair enough.
0: <laughs> uh, that feels yeah. like someone asked Michael if they could see the scar and he was talking from life experience No. no. <laughs> Cause that felt like a Michael answer right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I but I do think um that definitely is uh a prevalent theme in this episode and they even like do a good job of like laying out that theme. In this first scene, because Daniel even specifically says, like, you know, I wasn't expecting something so normal yeah. to get me, you know, and like on the same theme, so like Jack is starting to struggle with that, and like his response to that is to like try so hard to hang out with all his friends, yeah, because he wants like you want to come them. fishing with me, no. <laughs> I love how Daniel goes from "No no, I'll be out of bed in like 2 days" to "Oh cool, you want to go fishing with me?" Actually, you know what? I really do think I need to stay in bed here.
1: Dude, if I had to get stuck in a small boat with friggin' uh, Richard Dean Anderson in that peak time period, I would not be <laughs> I would not be finding ways to not be doing that. <laughs> but yeah, I really do like how uh, this episode also just kind of highlights with a t- tiny little line from Daniel you know, did you cut your hair it's like yeah he lost all the color and now he's trying to hide the fact that it's just salt and pepper now <laughs> yeah but he looks better with that. oh i loved it i loved it but i did find it really funny that like the second he lost the last bit of brown that hair was just cut <laughs>
0: yep you didn't see anything it's not here <laughs> uh yeah so then they're talking about like because because daniel you know is laid out Whatever plans they had are delayed. And so everyone's taking their little breaks. So Jack is planning to go up to his cabin to go fishing. Uh, Daniel's going to be in bed. <laughs> they say that Teal'c is off visiting his kid. And my, my one note here is, shut up, pretend Teal'c is a good dad now.
1: <laughs> it's like, cute. God, can you imagine how awkward that must have
0: been when he shows up at his wife's house? With I their think kids. he just said he was going to go see his kid but he went to go hang out with Bray Tech or probably. something. probably <laughs> Oh god um and then Sam has decided to uh do some welding <laughs>
1: I loved that. Seeing her working with her hands like that was, I, I do love every opportunity they take where they just kind of subtly remind you that she's not a girly girl, but they don't do yeah. it like super overtly where she's like, sorry, sir, rolls up her sleeves. I was too busy looking <laughs> like the 50s. Yes, we can, woman, to really oh, you know, God. really emphasize that I'm a physicist in this.
0: No, she's like, yeah, I'm welding this because I'm a physicist. And it's just that and simple. And Jack's like, hey, you know, we have this break. We should be having fun. And she's like, yeah, this is fun for me. <laughs>
1: It takes her entirely too long to pick up on what he's putting down, but it took <laughs> me just as long and I've seen it before. So I had no excuse. When right right before she said was that an invitation, sir, I went oh my fuck he's asking her out Sam go with him Sam
0: go with him <laughs> like I was but losing my mind because she did like such a bad girl. job picking up on it he he like backtracks hastily goes yeah you know like as friends just you know friends hanging out
1: <laughs> to be fair he's also covering their bases
0: which yeah, is like cause yeah, yeah, yeah cause they're in a fucking surveilled base <laughs> we're in
1: our place of work and we are co-workers who are totally not gonna go fuck at the lake and there are cameras everywhere <laughs> so, so Major, would you like to not (laughs) go fuck at the lake?
0: Can you imagine, like, if she had gone, it's like, wait, you invited Daniel first? (laughs) (laughs) What were your plans inviting Daniel?
1: (laughs) Daniel was an easy one, because then he could pretend he wasn't trying to go get laid. Yeah,
0: because you can't, you gotta let him, you gotta let him recuperate. Uh, So yeah, basically, um... More or less in the middle of a conversation, like, as it is always want to, uh, Jack gets beamed up by Asgard. And this is where the-, the Major Wood uh, makes his appearance. Major Wood is in the background, like, uh. <laughs> and um, he gets just brought up and, like, no one is around. And Jack's like, uh. <laughs> just kind of, like, looking around, like, what's going on? And he winds up discovering these, uh- Little crawly connect uh, spider guys. But yeah, so basically Thor manages to tell Jack how to find him. And Jack goes into this room and finds Thor laid up in like a, a little... A, a, an Asgard version of a sarcophagus, really. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> little egg. And he basically just tells him, yeah, uh, I got information for you in the stones over there and then kind of passes out <laughs> and jack's like oh, oh okay <laughs> so
1: I, uh, I i was laughing because i the other um last week or whatever i think it was last episode we were talking about i was talking about how i really like the communication stones being modified maybe it was a couple episodes yeah. ago there was an episode where i was talking you about did. i how liked the communication stones and how they originally they originally were being you know, all used on this big fucking thing when they were introduced with the ori but then they get heavily modified for use in stargate universe um i always thought that they'd gone with those first in the ori stuff nope completely forgot that they were used in the asgard first because those are 100 percent the communication stones there you go same fucking prop man it's even practically the same pad they put it on <laughs> like <laughs> it's literally that, that that control panel like slightly alter that piece of plastic they put it on and it's basically the giant Penis thing that they use in the Ori episodes. (laughs) It looks like a penis. It does. It's a giant, stacky thing, tall and pointy, and you 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 put the stones on top on the head. (laughs) It's hard to describe any other way. Oh my gosh! In SGU, it's a light-up pad, so it's not anything you know resembling the Asgard thing Uh here. But it's kind of funny how it's a weird, like, cross between, for SGU, this thing that they introduced actually, as it turns out, in season
0: three. <laughs> yeah, so we see Jack start to, like, watch and uh, watch these stones and find out that, like, these spider uh, robot things are the enemy that Thor mentioned before that's it, distracting the Asgard. The reason that they can't really focus on helping with the gold. Yeah, go ahead. So I have a few thoughts here about the replicators, but mostly what was cracking me up
1: was that, speaking of the stones, you know how like, Thor had stored a bunch of information in those? Yeah. Y- do you remember Jumanji 2? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where uh, Glover's character keeps giving the animal facts way too slowly. Yes. That's Thor when he's yes, trying to is. give important information to Jack. It's like, well, the ship is powered <laughs> which and is why well, like, you see jack uh, fast
0: forward a lot <laughs> right
1: which i love the concept of him fast forwarding through an alien's description of their tech it's like you
0: don't know what you're skipping right there you dumb fuck like, and then geez. you see it come back later on when sam's on the ship and he's like oh i haven't yes. watched all of them yet <laughs> Like, like yeah, no shit you haven't
1: but yeah, my favorite thing about it is I have to say, uh, effects-wise, it wasn't actually that bad when he first got transported up before all the stones bit, because just speaking of the replicators and everything, the scene where he's watching them like walking down the hall and then all of a sudden one walks across his chest and he like flings it off in a in a spider panic. <laughs> yeah. That for some reason just pops in my head when we were like right before everything else with the stones and everything. And I forgot to, I completely forgot to mention how much I love his reaction. <laughs> ah. Ah. Dude, I mean seriously, I react that way to a spider though bigger than yes. my thumbnail. If I see a uh-huh. robot spider thing on me. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I was just go through my notes and saw that and was like, oh yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so he's basically learning about, you know, what's going on and how he could possibly help. Uh and we don't actually get to see most of that, we get, like, the openings of the videos, and then we cut away to, like, SGC, where they're kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we-, we think the Asgard took Jack again. <laughs> we assume he'll get in contact with us eventually. <laughs> I gotta say,
1: I was so super here for all of Sam's reactions, because literally in the middle of her chickening out of potentially actually taking him up on his, you know, fucking at the lake thing, As that's happening, he gets taken, and the next thing you see with her is her looking very tense, obviously, but you can kind of tell how just, like, not, she's, she's a few steps down from hysterical, like, she's not even close to, like, losing her cool, but you can see that she's getting closer to desperate with every, like, hour that passes, because she was literally in the middle of, like, kind of confronting this a little bit. And he's gone. Yeah, and usually and then the next thing she from
0: Jack pretty quickly after
1: the yeah, Asgard yeah. grab him. Yeah, and, and so she, I, I just really love how she goes, it appears that I saw him getting taken by the Asgard, but the way she says it is so clinical and correct, while also her eyes are like it's her half just trying to crazy keep her eyes. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and I just really appreciated it because that because that would be me 100% if I watched <laughs> something I cared about get taken from me right in front of me. I'd be like, okay,
0: cool, let's not panic. Yeah, so Jack does finally manage to get a hold of them in the best jack way possible (laughs) and he's basically like hey can you send me a whole bunch of explosives oh what was the
1: trivia on that one second there was a whole thing on that here we go holy god this is long okay colonel o'neill asks major asks major carter for a spaz 12 bf 8 10 pounds of PBX. In a USAS 12. A Spaz 12 is a semi-automatic combat shotgun made by Franchi Arms and is chambered in a 12 gauge. So that's Be- what they
0: were shooting the replicators. Yeah, basically,
1: with. yeah, the big ass shotgun. Which, by the way, dude, that's an awesome gun. I don't like guns, but if I had to like a gun, that's a pretty badass. And gun. he knew
0: exactly what to use against. yeah them I really hate
1: when I really hate that I'm a stereotype, and I do I, again, I don't like guns, but watching someone competently use a gun is really sexy <laughs> and it's uncomfortable for me. Anyway, PBX uh, here we go. Sorry, BF8 refers to a fictional explosive device made by the SGC that contains Naquita. PBX stands for polymer bonded explosive, so plastic explosive. Yeah. And consists, consists of a high yield explosive bonded with a synthetic polymer. Its primary uses are for military demolition and as a triggering device in nuclear warheads. Woo! <laughs> I didn't know they used uh, plastic explosives to ignite nukes. Although huh. that does actually kind of track if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, and then here we go. The USAS-12 Universal Sporting Automatic Shotgun 12-Gauge. Holy (laughs) God, is that a title? (laughs) It's a fully automatic 12-Gauge shotgun manufactured by Daewoo Precision Industries that is used by the U.S. military. Daewoo, sorry. I think Daewoo, yeah. Either way, holy God, that's a lot of guns. (laughs)
0: And Sam even reacts like that. That's a that's lot a of, lot ex- of explosives, explosives, man, sir. <laughs> like, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah uh, we kind of got a problem up here. There's some uh, techno bugs up here." <laughs> and Sam, bless her little heart, is like, "Are you saying these bugs are technological? What other possible meaning is there behind techno bugs, Sam?"
1: I know it wouldn't have worked because of how time is, but I wouldn't. Have... Okay, wouldn't you give anything to have like a Gravity Falls? Weird, mageddon like moment where during the climax, where they're shooting down wave after wave of replicator techno bugs, fucking Skrillex started playing in the background. Right? Yeah. It it would have been perfect. That's <laughs> like all I could think when <laughs> she was talking about like that's a lot of explosive and everything. For some fucking reason, all I could think was I don't know, man. I feel like if you drop the beat, it's worse. Like I have no idea yeah. why, but that's like all that was going through my head.
0: Uh but yeah. So they're like, oh say so there's a problem up there he's like yeah uh they're like, okay well you know we, we can come too and he's like yeah no you're not coming too i'm gonna blow up the ship and uh there's no way to send anyone back down <laughs> and sam's like hold on <laughs> hold on three hours I mean, ago you're we were talking about fucking at the lake and now you're <laughs> no. gonna die like jesus
1: take rejection better man right
0: god <laughs> and of course because sg1 never listened to jack <laughs> They come up with the t- with They the really explosives. are like a
1: group of delinquent children. He
0: is, they are! He, he, he is constantly trying to herd cats with them. Yes! Because oh. he's like, no, you guys aren't coming up with me. And they're like, okay, sir. And then they come
1: up with all the gear. Cute- Cam- Cameron will never understand just how lucky he was that he got them as older teenagers instead of the wild hellions that they were in the beginning of the show because he inherited like a couple of 17 year olds that know how to take care of themselves and can drive themselves to all their appointments Mm. jack had to deal with the toddlers
0: yes he didn't uh, that did unfortunately mean he inherited teenage rebellion daniel Though
1: true which is his (laughs) own friggin nightmare (laughs) yes
0: As Cameron God, the orange plot always being talks But I can't wait for Teenage Rebellion Daniel. He's such a fucking delight. He is just so much attitude. He is just or so dumb. Ori Season Daniel is literally that meme of, look at my barren field of all the fucks I give. Dude, right after he gets turned into a prior,
1: in <laughs> his whole life, view is just like, I just want everything to end.
0: Mood, buddy. this start with you, Vala. You're closest. Oh. oh, God. Well, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> we're getting there. We're ending yes, season three season three's today. Season three is over. Woo. Bit by bit, we're... At last, is done. Yeah, but that every
1: time we finish a season, we're getting closer to the end, and I'm always like. I the know. other day, I was thinking about what what I was gonna do when we started SGU, and I just started laughing manically because I already called right? it weeks. Well, no, what I meant was what happens when we get to SGU? Oh. Like, what are my reactions gonna be like? And I was like, I already called it. I'm going to be just a pissant. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be every so mad that there's episode. only this one. Because <laughs> it's gonna be like, well, I have 40 episodes left until my Aww. show is over. So no. fuck
0: this noise. <laughs> All right, everybody, you ready to meet the real me? <laughs> it's Sun Tzu time. Listen, maybe enough angry fans can pressure Amazon into actually f- picking up the yeah, show again. Yeah, but I don't know if I want anything that Amazon makes. I'm good not sure how much I good. trust them.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that's, like, one thing, and they've made some questionable decisions outside of that. And I'm still not really okay with what they did to Community.
0: I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. Um... But yeah, so they all get beamed up and they have to fight off some of the bugs. And we get to see one of the rare instances in which human tech works better against an enemy than alien tech. Because Teal'c starts with a zat and it does nothing. Dude, this is me and Eric every
1: time we watch Firefly. We get so incensed by the concept of every time somebody as a species gets technologically advanced enough to move on to energy based weapons they immediately forget about projectile weapons right and it's like no that still has a place and i love stargate for constantly pointing it out
0: and i also um honestly that's a strength of starfinder starfinder's got both kind of weapons yeah there you go
1: but yeah, that was always my big thing with um, Firefly was... I liked how Firefly did it right, too, is that they showed the, yeah. you know, the combination. Like, you like there's the one where they're running away from the, you know, two-by-two two hands of blue, that whole episode. Yeah. And they can't get through the door because Jane shoots it with the energy weapon, and then he has, like, trying to use, like, the butt of the gun to break off the <laughs> doorknob, and then Mal shoots it from the other side, and that's how yeah. they get out. That kind of shit, I love that, because it points out that, yeah, energy-based weapons have their place, but they don't have all of the places. Exactly. And so Stargate... <laughs> also
0: took up the mantle here a little bit. I also think the timing of this episode is funny to happen right after Crystal Skull because Crystal Skull was another episode where they're like, hey, maybe don't always shoot everything with the Zat gun, Teal. Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes you disappear your friends. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I like that. Uh, but yeah, so we basically see him shoot it with the Zat gun and... um. It do nothing, and then he has to swap to the the big old shotguns with everyone else, and then they all run back to Thor's room and kind of you know <laughs> get the rundown. Uh, Jack gives the stones to Sam because Sam's gonna enjoy them more than he <laughs> is. It's where he's like, yeah, I, I haven't watched all of them yet. <laughs> and this is this scene was when I actually you know remembered to notice uh, Thor mentioning the name of his ship. And his name, the name of his ship is Bilskner, which is Old Norse for lightning crack, which is the hall of the god of Thor in Norse mythology. No, it was a really cool attention to detail. A perfect name for Thor's ship. I just really like that detail. I was like, oh, look at that.
1: I do love Bilskner. I think it's a really cool name. I think it's great attention to detail. It shows that people know how to read a fucking book when they want to.
0: Hell yeah. I just like that. I was like, I have to make a note about that because that's really, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it was... <laughs> We're always talking about how much we like when they take those extra steps. Absolutely, man. But yeah, so uh, th- Thor describes how like they, the the replicators became an issue for the Asgard, and it's basically Which the plot the of most, Alien. Which is the most, like, yeah, right? I was like, that was the most non-explanation ever.
1: I was like, wait, I forgot how bullshit that was. Like, oh <gasps> yeah, we found them on a planet. That's just it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, a couple questions. Like, all the questions, but whatever. Also, I never noticed before how much of a fucking rip-off... I mean, okay, I kind of noticed, but in the same way that you're a kid and you don't care. But I never really put it together until, like, recently, just how much of a rip-off the replicators are of the Borg. <laughs> like, they're literally just assimilating the ship and making it into more of them. It's like, oh, so the Borg. That's just, we'll add your technological advantages to our to our own. Sounds about right. Robert C. Cooper, come on. <laughs> I guess because they're all tech versus biologically combined. Although Stargate mm-hmm. Atlantis will further fudge up that whole uh, loaded line later too. So yeah, I just really never put it together just how much of a ripoff they really were from the Borg
0: <laughs> <laughs> until like all this shit. Uh, yeah, so it's the it's the plot of Alien. They basically, they found this planet and they only saw those things there. And Tilk's like, oh, they probably killed their creator. <laughs> that is
1: such a fucking leap. That is such a fucking leap. <laughs>
0: What? I, no. Okay, okay.
1: Right now, Mars is populated only by robots because we have only sent robots to Mars. If somebody were to go to Mars and pick up our rovers, they could conceivably say, yeah, this is the leftover creation of a biological creator. The creators aren't around, so they most likely got eradicated by these rovers. No! <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fucking leap, Teal. I don't care if these things are a little bit more, you know, obviously technologically advanced than a rover. Who the fuck cares? It's such a fucking leap to assume that in a culture like Teals, where they they literally are a sea, not sorry, a space-faring civilization,
0: literally through spaceships,
1: seafaring, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they go through a puddle sometimes.
0: <laughs> that, that counts, right?
1: That right? counts. But yeah, so it's like, it's a really interesting concept to me that these people are aware of Multiple planets, multiple so ons And his first thought was, "Yeah, they definitely weren't sent there. They were definitely the leftovers." And <laughs> it's like, this isn't the Kalon, okay? I don't know. I got a little miffed by that line. That <laughs> line kind of bugged me. I was kind of like, "That is such a fucking leap. That is like, that's not even slightly based in reality." That that line had no place. That could have been a note from uh, production. They're already not explaining so much of the backstory for the replicators by just saying we found them on a planet. That there was literally no reason to add that context i say in quotes because again Mm -hmm. it's hearsay bullshit it's not even hearsay because it's not based on anything he heard he literally just knows that he found these things on a planet his first thought is likely they're the leftovers after having destroyed their creators and it's like all right fine whatever i'm out
0: so yeah they're basically they're basically trying to figure out a way to deal with the replicators because the replicators basically want to land on earth
1: (laughs) and want to be the borg
0: yeah and start attacking earth now uh, and they're like, okay, well, obviously we gotta, you know, destroy this ship. And Jack's original plan of blowing the ship up, Thor's like, there's a lot of internal dampeners throughout this entire ship that's not gonna do anything. And Jack's like, okay, well then what's your recommendation? And he's like, if I had one, I would've done it. <laughs> <laughs> this this is not a complaint about the episode. It's a, it's a complaint about
1: the Asgard, but it kind of... I know it's not fair because we already know much more about them from later episodes that haven't yeah. been written yet, but based on what I can conceivably say about the asgard i guess it fucking tracks that they would never have thought to put in a self-destruct system and i'm not saying that it's obviously had one and that the Beliskner did have one but now that the replicators are kind of in charge of the ship that's why they can't use it to destroy the ship I'm not, I'm not, no, that doesn't count because what I'm talking about here is he brings up these fucking inertial dampeners like three times in this episode and to the point where they're even like used in some sort of dialogue bit where Sam's like, so Thor, if we did this with this, would this cause this or whatever, which he talks about <laughs> yeah. being able to blow something up in the ship anyway. I screamed at my, at my TV because I, I was just, when she's talking about it, it's like, can we do this with the inertial dampeners? And Thor's like, it might work. And my first thought, my, my, I, I, all I could do was just yell, why don't you turn them off? <laughs> Like at no point is it ever established that these guys have full, complete control over the ship because she's able to use like partial transporters yeah, partial and so stuff. on, and so on. So there's nothing to say that there's no way to turn off these inertial dampeners and therefore be able to blow the fucking ship up. And also back to that self destruct thing, if there is one and the replicators are in, are in control of it, why is every self destruct system so easily taken control? Of?
0: <laughs> this happens. Well, the SGC in a lot of sci-fi one was shim. also easily taken. That's control what I'm saying. Of. It's
1: like it, this always happens so easily in sci-fi was it the self-control the self-destruct system is always like the thing that's easily taken over and it's like yep. how it's the destruct system this should be both the most highly guarded highly contained system and also the weirdly most accessible depending on who's accessing it mm-hmm. because it should be accessible by anybody with enough power i meant like um hierarchy wise yeah. able to make this educated decision and it should be contained enough that if a person were to, you know, get on board that isn't supposed to be on board, the first thing they can do is go, you know what I don't want to do? Blow up. <laughs> that's just bullshit. But these these shows depend on it so much. That's why it's yeah. never even freaking mentioned once. To the point where Thor says, hey, I'm stealing you, condemning you to death, and I need you to blow up my ship. And he goes, okay, cool. I brought explosives. And Thor's like, oh, you can't use those. My ship can't blow
0: up. <laughs> you like, stupid bitch. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: were so fucking useless
0: here. You stupid bitch, you can't explode my ship. It's like, then why did you tell me to? <laughs>
1: so, yeah, I, just, I do I like laugh Thor's Thor. little if
0: I knew how to do that, I would have done it. <laughs> okay, fair point. Maybe
1: this is the problem, though. <laughs> like, your ship should be that's easier such to a, explode. That's such a
0: Daniel or Michael answer, honestly. That's why they made Michael D.T. D- Thor go. for All those two little d- moments. If I knew how to do it. I wouldn't have asked for your
1: help. And it's such a backhanded compliment, too. It's like, hey, <laughs> by the way, I have endangered your entire planet. I brought a boatload of these things to your front door. I need you to blow them up. And also, by the way, the only reason why I need you to do that is because I I couldn't figure it out. And I'm hoping because I monkeys fucked can. Up. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait wait. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Wait a second. I feel like I'm getting the shorthand here in, like, every possible way right shaft here not shorthand i'm shorthanded or i'm getting the short end of the stick there we go (laughs) either way
0: Thor is just a
1: little attitudey bitch that is totally on point. It's just, it just cracks me up to no end where he's like, yeah, we can't do any of that shit. And I'm like, fucking why? (laughs) Like, why can't you just turn them off? Why can't you gain access to this? Why is anything? Explain, please. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. That's it. But yeah, so they, Sam comes up with this idea of basically... Uh, they find out that, <laughs> that there's, like, one thing in, like, I, I don't remember this kind of terminology, but there's something in, like, the landing process of a ship that if they disturb the, the deceleration drive, the deceleration, there we go, if they, like, fuck with that. Then the uh, ship won't be able to keep itself cool during re entry. And I do love that when Sam asks if that would happen, Thor tries to like talk around like how this is a major failing of their ship. (laughs) But they're like, but they like buckle down like, would this happen? He's like, yeah.
1: (laughs) I kept snickering to myself because it kept reminding me of uh, Toyota moving forward as if you had a choice. (laughs) Oh no! Remember, like, when there was um, some sort of recall because the brakes the weren't brakes. working on Toyotas? Yeah. And there's a bunch of people who freaking died because the cars uh-huh. were just accelerating out of control? That's kind of what I was thinking of here. It was like, oh, just got a bunch of floor mat up underneath the brake. Yep.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, but I love, uh, I just love that Thor tried to act like it was totally normal that it did this thing. And then they push him on it. He's like, yeah, like burn up. <laughs> So they decide they're just going to burn up on, ap- um, you know, on atmosphere entry. On entry, Because yeah. the replicators wanted to land anyway. Like, fine. We'll fucking land, assholes. <laughs> oh, and Sam also, uh, she made a point when they first showed up. She's like, hey, we do have a backup for how we can all get off. There's a shuttle prepped to, like, come up here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm not against her
1: idea. It's just that so Farscape... does this too where they try to integrate 20th and 21st century Mm -hmm. space tech on earth with this futuristic sci-fi tech and it's fucking hysterical picturing a fucking space shuttle docking with moya because it's such a such an incongruous image and i have a similar one here where i just have this image of the space shuttle trying to dock with blister in
0: sam's defense they have used shuttles to rescue SG-1 before. Oh,
1: yeah, no. I'm not against
0: it. It's just funny. Yeah. It's no, just it a funny, funny image of this, like, trying, like, to dock or
1: some shit like that or somebody going flying through space to get picked up by the Canada arm while flying out of an alien spaceship that's, like, a million and ten times more sophisticated. Yeah.
0: Oh, while all of this is happening, SG One can't get back in contact with SGC because the replicators are fucking with like the communication because they're just eating through bits of, of the ship over and over again. Also, Hammond has decided to call Paul. Paul's Probably back. because Daniel is in bed. They gotta have someone for Hammond to talk to. He's just lonely. Hammond's like, "Look, SG One's gone. Daniel's in bed. I'm lonely." Paul, can you come down? (laughs) Dude, I
1: love love the tongue-in-cheek dialogue, too, where he's like, good to see you, Major. Yes, uh, General. I'm sorry it's always under such unusual circumstances.
0: (laughs) I like where where Paul's like, all I do is read up on tiny details of the Spergant program. I'm like, can I have that job? (laughs) Right? God, minutia man. I want that
1: job. Right? I like Paul. (laughs) I love Paul. He's just a likable character. He really is, and his presence is only ever in a positive way. Like yeah, in this, that's, where he's just I like, think... I'm here to be helpful. I wish I wasn't only here when we get, like, you know, footholded and shit.
0: I think he's an important character, because before Paul, any time we had to pull anyone from, like, the military-government side of things, they were always terrible. So it's nice to have Paul here as, like, a friendly intermediary. Oh, yeah.
1: Hell, yeah. That's
0: what made it so great, watching him get footholded when he did the hissing alien thing. It's like, yes, oh, you're such so <laughs> a good boy. Uh, But yeah, so so Sam has this plan um, to send Jack and Teal to go plant, like, explosives on the deceleration thing that they'll set off at a certain time. Uh, And she's she's doing, like, the overview map, like, directing them and trying to keep them away from rooms that don't work anymore because the replicators have eaten them up. And there is a part that I actually like where they turn a corner and there's just two replicators on the wall eating the wall and it's, like, oozing. I'm assuming it's, like, gold alloy of some kind, like a conductor. I figured when they were, like, eating,
1: it was part, you know, like, chompy-chomp consumption. Like acid? Yeah, and I figured the rest was, like, when you break something down into, like, a a different thing. And so I was guessing it was more like a polymer or an alloy or or some sort of byproduct that was
0: trickling down. I actually totally believe that. Um it looked really cool though. It looked like oh, it looks gold great. It looked Like bells and gold. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm just assuming that was some sort of conductor they were eating, which is why it looked gold. Uh but yeah, but what I like is that they're so focused on eating, they just totally ignore Teal'c like and Jack. Like I said, the Borg. Sort of- they are so the Borg. <laughs> they just sort of edge around them like looking at them it's kind of like you eyeing a spider in the corner of the room just like okay, you can have that side of the room. I'll be over here. <laughs> God.
1: Spider-aware, <laughs> hyper-awareness is such a thing. Like, yep, that's your corner. I'm gonna sit over here, but I-, I won't move if you won't move.
0: Do you think Robert C. Cooper also has a spider problem? Is that why he made the
1: replicators look like spiders? I mean, I could believe it. I think they were kind of meant to look like, um, like lice. Like things that overtake because those uh, are arachnids yeah, yeah. too, but they're they more look of the, like uh, spiders, pest variety. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. dude,
0: you remember when we went to the sci-fi museum and there was um a, a solid replicator under yeah. under glass? That was so yeah. cool. We got to see that shit up close. Oh, that was really damn cool. And B 4s head in the floor. <laughs> dude, that was so cool. We got to, I got to stand in the um the alcove uh, the Borg alcove. Oh man. Was... good times oh <sighs> okay uh but yeah so so they're on their way and they get to the room and they open the door <laughs> and it's just the slow open of the door and you just see more and more replicators and even before we get a reaction from jack in my head I'm, uh, my my immediate reaction was sorry wrong room close the door <laughs> but jack's response is Forget Forget that. that. (laughs) It just closes
1: the door. No, no, that was, that was beautiful. It was, it was almost as good as Galaxy Quest's (laughs) moment. Yes. Well, fuck that.
0: (laughs) Uh, This episode was badly written. (laughs) This episode is badly written is a good thing to say in response to annoying things happening in your life. (laughs) I have one... Job on this stupid no, ship. I've one, one job. On this is lousy stupid. ship
1: and it's stupid,
0: but I'm but gonna I'm going do, it.
1: To do it. Okay. Sure, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the radio backing up.
0: Sure, no problem. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my God,
1: scary that. <laughs> oh
0: God, Galaxy Quest. What a good movie. Uh, I I wrote down one one phrase and I don't know what it's a response to anymore. Do you know why someone was telling Jack talk some sense into your friend, Jack? No. <laughs> I, I wrote that down like it was important and now I don't know what it was in response to Actually, that might have been a, a moment where they didn't actually say I Okay, I don't think anyone actually said that. I think it was when, when Sam continued to try and come up with ways to like, A, keep Thor alive, and B you know, solve solve the day with everyone still alive, and Thor basically telling, like paraphrasing, is Thor telling talk of sense into Sam, please <laughs> Yeah. Like get her to leave me alone. <laughs> I think that's what basically what it was. Basically Sam refusing to give up and Thor being like I this is pointless. <laughs> so back on SGC, Daniel could suddenly drag himself out of bed when it's not about fish. <laughs> Funny how when you don't talk to somebody about fishing, they can move right. <laughs> Totally fine walking around. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Fish? Oh no, I'm I'm feeling ill again. (laughs) I like I like to imagine the moment Jack walks back into SGC. He's like, oh, you're up. Time to go fishing? And then Daniel's, oh, actually, you know, I'm I'm starting to feel really really ill again. (laughs) Can you have two appendix bursts? (laughs) Doctor,
1: my intestines are inflamed, right? That's what you were saying (laughs) earlier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah and uh they're basically talking about plans because they can't talk to sg1 um so they just have to assume that like because if they don't if they don't hear from sg1 they just have to assume that they've been killed you know especially if the ship continues to come down so the plan right now is as soon as the ship gets down blow it to hell and daniel's like uh w- what about my team <laughs> and hammond like, kind of like backs him up a tiny bit like you know, give SG-1 a reasonable chance to, you know, get out safely. And I love Paul's line of, I'll try to define reasonable, reasonable to the to Pentagon. The Pentagon. <laughs> that was Paul very kindly going, they're not going to listen. I'm like, y- y- sure, General, I'll get right on that. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, General, you hold your breath and I'll go do that.
0: But so their next solution is they have to send someone out in a spacesuit to do the the prep instead since they can't go through that room. And that room by the way with the forget that is the one you were talking about with the really good combination yeah. of CG. So they're like, okay, well someone's gonna have to go out, you know, go outside of the ship. And killed volunteers, and then Jack also volunteers, probably because of the fact that like you were talking about how he's starting to really see that like he could lose his his friends.
1: Yeah, it's like obviously he knew this this whole time, but I think for some reason it's, it's this episode seems to show to me it's that it's really hitting it in there yeah. for him. Yeah, something is making it finally hit close to home. Maybe it was just him realizing his own mortality. He's looking in the mirror, really, and there's a lot of salt and gray, put salt and pepper <laughs> going on there, and he's just like, "Well, I might as well go." ask my subordinate that I'm pretending I'm not in love with if she wants to go fuck by the lake, and go from there. (sighs) Honestly, Honestly, i buy it because they
0: called his hair into attention. I think the threads of themes in this episode are seamless, honestly. Which doesn't surprise me. Robert C. Cooper is very good at that yes he really is plus he's
1: also just you know kind of you know reemphasizing something that's always been a little prevalent in um Jack since the movie which is he's suicidal sometimes like this guy definitely does not know what's in his best interests when it comes to the heat of the moment yeah exactly because, like, with,
0: for this episode, he's like, yeah, I'm going to die on this ship. You guys can't come up with me. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he's just, like, totally fine with his, like, lackluster goodbye. He's not, like, not happy to die, but at the same time, yeah. he's just so on board with it because he's just so over this. He's so blasé about it now as a longtime soldier and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, You know, it's heartbreaking in a way, but it's very on point with this character.
0: But so Teal'c gets to be the one in the suit. Of course it's going to be Teal'c in the suit. But Jack's going to go with him to, like, man the, the door and, like, help him get out and help him get back in and all that stuff.
1: Dude, I love the visor scene, though. When he's pulling the visor down, you can see the reflection of Jack appear in front of Te- Teal'c's yeah. face. That is so cool. Such a good t- um touch of directing and everything. Good
0: directing! There's a scene later on when um when all of the, you know, Getting all of the programming down to the the last second, blah blah blah. And Sam is in front of the the computer console, the Asgard computer console, and like the light from the console is like doing this like blue halo in her hair. Yeah, really good shots. No, this this, this episode was Wood, nominated for an Emmy for a
1: reason. <laughs> Just very beautiful shots. It is a very pretty episode on top of all of its normal stuff. Absolutely, which
0: is honestly, it works really well for like the the sense of gravity to the tension in this episode.
1: It's funny how this was supposed to be a season finale because, you know, it's really annoying having one of your main cast get taken out right before you're filming your season finale. But they handled it so well. I think it helped that, like, <laughs> what was Daniel gonna do on that ship, really? <laughs> right, like, yeah, I, I, I'm I, sure they had to do a bunch of reworking, but at the same time, it couldn't have
0: been, like, that hard to just block out sections that were Yeah, they, whatever they had it. to do for the reworking, they did a good enough job that I don't see where Daniel would have fit on that ship. So, you know what? Credit to the writer and director both. They both did an amazing job for something that they had to scramble to fix. They're
1: just getting used to uh, not having to write Michael Shanks in now. They're just getting used yeah. to it right now, <laughs> <time>. <laughs>
0: practice. <sighs> oh. But I like that um, that, that he sends Tilk out and he's like, How do you feel that Tilk does a human reference for Jack? One small step for Jaffa. And you could see that even Jack's like touched. They're like, "Oh, my my son's all grown up. He understands human references now." To the point to where there was a moment later on where I can't remember exactly what Jack said. Something like, "Get a get a leg on it" or something like that, something along those lines to Teal'c. Where like a season ago, they would have had Teal'c be like, "What does that mean?" Or you know, I only <laughs> but, have like, but two legs, O'Neill. Yeah. But, you know, this is a Teal who just made an Apollo reference. So, like, <laughs> I liked it. It was it was nice. So, after he sends Teal'c out, we do get a little flash of, uh, a very brief flash of a new timer that this room is starting to be eaten as well. We see a little bit of the ceiling start to melt with that, like, acid biting that the replicators do. We don't see any replicators. We just see a little patch start to do, like, the acid melt. And, you know, Teal'c does the thing he needed to do, and he gets back, and <laughs> not quite quick enough, the replicators have started to come in, and it's broken, it's sealed up the doors. He can't get Teal'c in through those doors anymore. Which, such timing. Yeah, and, of course, the radiation, because the reason they sent Teal'c out instead of Jack is because the radiation, um, Teal'c would just survive better. Well, it started to eat into the soup, and it burst his air tank.
1: I, uh, I heard somewhere once that those, uh, EVA suits are like 60 million apiece or something, so... Woo! <laughs> Ooch. It's always fun watching that much money get a hole poked in it.
0: Right? Uh, so they're, you know, they, they're calling Sam up like, I need a solution for this, I can't get the door open, and Teal'c's air is gone, and I need a solution, Sam! And she's like, okay, well, I can't, I can't teleport him in from where he is now. He needs to push off from the ship. To get the range to where a different teleporter can grab him. Before gravity, there was Stargate. I literally- list my note here is literally Stargate did gravity before gravity.
1: <laughs> That's what my note basically is. It's like, oh, hey, look, before
0: gravity, there was Teal'c. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how Jack tells Teal'c to push off and he kind of just lets go of the ship. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like really push off so much as just go, In nope. his defense, he's not breathing right now. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's going through some hypoxia. Yeah, uh, but there's, you know, Sam's like, he's not moving away from the ship fast enough. You know, there, there's a tenseness, but she manages to teleport him in. Because and, of course she does. Um, he, he manages to start breathing again.
1: Because of course he does.
0: Yeah, he's he's hmm. tougher. <laughs> he's tougher than them. Ah, that plot armor. Yeah. You gotta keep using it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gave yourself a Jaffa, take advantage of it. Right. But, uh, they get, they all get back to the same room and they're like, okay, you know, things are getting even worse. I'm not sure if any of these plans are going to work. We don't have a way out anymore. Uh, like, we could still destroy the ship, but we don't really have a way out. And they have a great exchange of lines where I wrote all of the dialogue for this exchange because it's all fun. Where, the, uh, like, Thor, Thor was correct, we're going, uh, Sam goes, Thor was correct, we're going to die. And Jack goes, We've been in these sorts of situations before. And actually, like, sir, no, no, we haven't.
1: Sam says, No,
0: we wait. Oh, so Thor. Teal'c was the one who said Thor was correct, we're going to die. Yeah, Teal'c yeah, almost yeah, yeah. immediately
1: gives up. He, like, just kind of looks down and goes, he was right, Well, we're he all almost going died die.
0: already. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? He's just like, yeah, fuck this.
0: He's allowed to feel a little down. So Teal'c says Thor was correct, we're going to die. And Jack, because he's Jack, is like, we've been in these sorts of situations before. And, and Sam goes, actually, sir, no, we haven't. And Jack just pauses and goes, we have it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yes, they have. They did Literally this on the, uh, the gold Season mothership. 1 finale, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, it's like, this is a very well, similar tactic. you know
0: what? That's an allusion to Season 1, because they use the same solution. They even reference it later on when yeah. they do. So basically, their solution is, we're going to freaking steal the gate from <laughs> SGC. They teleport the whole gate up! <laughs> Yeah, see, they definitely get a
1: pass for just recycling that storyline if I think about it now because they totally just had to probably kind of copy-paste a little bit since they had to rework the entire thing.
0: Yeah, I just love it because, like, SGC has no idea what's happening on that ship. They can't communicate with SG-1 at all. They're trying to do the best they can with no knowledge. And then just, like, in the middle of them trying to do plans, they look over and the gate is being teleported up. (laughs)
1: I but do enjoy that. That's funny.
0: But because of season one, where they know that Daniel got off of an exploding ship via a Stargate, they're like, oh, they're gonna do the same thing you did, Daniel. <laughs> I know, I love how Daniel sees that happen and he's just like, oh shit, they're gonna do a thing! Yeah! I like it. I actually really love a callback to season
1: one. That's great. I love a callback to that considering how we were both giving Daniel some shit for that because he, um, I just realized I'm sitting way too far back because I've been knitting. I probably did the same thing. I did that uh-huh. one week where my audio sounded like garbage. Oh Oops. no. Whatever. Fuck it. It's because I was knitting. What are you going to do? Not knit? Nah. Can't do that. I can't. <laughs> that can't be the answer. That Goodness can't be no. it. Anyway. We gave Daniel all kinds of shit because he told them he was going to watch their backs and instead the second <laughs> they the were gone, they the first the thing he does is go, well, time for my real plan.
0: <laughs> that's because Daniel is inherently self-serving. Good for him. <laughs> right?
1: I just, I, 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 I find it really funny.
0: Yeah, no, I just love it. I I really appreciate that callback to season one. It's, It's a viable answer. Although they do create a detail that's never come up before and I'm like, sure <laughs> where <laughs> where they 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 steal the gate and they're like oh they're gonna do the same thing you did daniel and, and ham is like yeah but you had a dhd device and paul out of nowhere goes there should be enough power to gate out once
1: <laughs> since when <laughs> since fucking when well, that implies that the gate is basically a battery and that I mean, is, is, is not it- nakwada Well, yeah, a little, but it's a generator, a Naquita generator, I always thought was like a regular generator that we know of, where it burns something, a fuel, to then produce power. So I always thought the gate was using that power in real time to do its shit, so the Naquita was transferring the power in real time. I didn't think of it as a
0: storage cell. Here's the only thing I can assume. Well, first of all, I feel like because the gate is made out of Naquita, if- Power is transferred to it. It should be able to hold it for a little while. Like a general, like, residual charge or something. I could see that. And maybe because they've had a lot of instances where they, you know, couldn't use their dialing system or they were at a place with no DHD, maybe they purposefully designed their own hookup to their gate to make sure there was a residual charge, just Maybe. in case something happens.
1: What I picture is um so my uh my boyfriend sorry, my husband. <laughs> Your boyfriend? You my have a boyfriend, boyfriend too? as well as my husband. No god, that'd be <laughs> way too much work. <laughs> uh, so my husband he has this shirt that I tell him he's not allowed to wear anymore out in public when we're walking around because like we'll hold hands or like we'll be walking next to each other and I'll be touching him just like just a little. Like my arm will like brush against him. He has this one shirt that generates so much fucking static electricity he's not allowed to wear it anymore good good for you marriage is all about boundaries right (laughs) so whenever i see him wear that shirt even when we're not in public i don't like go up and like touch his back or something because every time i do it i get zapped man he's always fucking fine i'm the one getting (laughs) shocked (laughs) i'm like i'm always just getting zapped but yeah so it's like with that in mind now i have this image of people just kind of like walking around the gate and constantly going don't touch it I
0: just, it was so funny my reaction to that because Paul said that. And my f- initial, my split second reaction was since win. I know, seriously, sense fucking win. But as soon as I thought that, I was just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do.
1: But I do like yeah. how the show writer, you can literally see in that dialogue the writers going, oh, fuck, wait, we can't do that. And then which another writer goes, Fuck you, yes we can.
0: Here's the thing. I feel like... Okay, Here, uh, here's what I want to know. Do you prefer that solution? Or would you have wanted them to be like, oh, the Asgard have enough tech, they could just, like, hotwire it that, without... You want that, that one? times a million.
1: If if the freaking SGC can write their own macro to dial this thing, then the Asgard sure as fuck can do. But
0: with the ship steadily being... The control of the ship Yeah, no, with that one I will give you No, with that one I give you That probably could
1: have Fallen within the realm Of like, really? But they already Demonstrated they can use Like, a transporter system Or something So I totally would have Bought that they could Yeah, but they also Specifically
0: said They could only use them In certain parts of the ship
1: Yeah, but And let's say Let's go to a different Part of the ship And cobble something together (laughs) Like, I feel like It could have been Jargonable, doable in the episode if they had mm-hmm. wanted to they didn't yeah, and see, when but they first it stole funny.
0: it before paul said his wild concept that's what i was assuming i'm like ah the asgard could probably just like beam power into it <laughs> yeah you just you just gotta
1: cobble together literally some sort of um i know i was saying a macro for dialing but i meant more of like the interface yeah, you yeah know, the yeah, thing I, I that interfaces with it if, if the sgc can create an interface with our 1990s era analog tech yeah pretty fucking sure the sophisticated the alien Asga- Especially is good. since the asgard were friends of the ancients yeah. yeah exactly yeah they would have had like tons of i'm guessing adapters of a sort like if i can go to england and plug in my hair straightener with a little piece of plastic that makes it so mm-hmm. i can do that then i'm pretty sure the asgard have a, a template version of that for interfacing with the uh,
0: ancient tech but you know what i i know nakwada is a conductor And they've had problems with not having power for a gate before, so I am willing to accept that they might have figured, like, tried to prep this just in case, you know?
1: I mean, what cracks me up mostly was the fact that the trivia backed me up where it was like, this is the first time it's mentioned, and I'm like, yeah, Yeah. help me out here. Is it ever mentioned again? If it is, like,
0: it's only going to be in another Robert C. Cooper, right? Joint. Like
1: if this, if, if this is something I want to pay attention to because if this is something that's just for this episode, oh, I, I hope want to be able to bitch about I it. I will be
0: keeping an eye out for it. Uh, this is joining the Nick watch, although I'm a hundred percent sure Nick is never showing up again. Right? Yeah, I'm only about ninety five percent sure this isn't coming back again. Yeah, I
1: would, I would, I would also, I would also sit there at ninety five percent sure this is like
0: bullshit. And if there is five percent, it's just Robert C. Cooper again.
1: <laughs> yep. In which case, like, barely counts if you're the one using your own stray thought. Yeah, I, I,
0: like this episode is count, like this episode is well structured enough and good enough that, like, like I said, I had a sense win, but then I was like, oh, whatever, <laughs> for this one bit. Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I got <laughs> like it pretty sure. quick. It was like it was it was definitely a moment of like,
0: uh huh. Yeah, there are some moments in this show where it's like, no, absolutely fucking not. Absolutely. And this one was just kind not. of like fine. Yeah, fine show like, uh, sure this might as well happen <laughs> yeah this might as well happen uh but yeah so hammond doesn't waste any time he's like okay get get our beta gate back we got it back from nid let's let's get it into the and i and i don't remember the details of the fallout out of this okay actually i have like this vague concept so obviously the ship the asgard ship got you know burned up in reentry. Is there a thing later on where the Russians fished the original gate out and now they They have it? must or something, because as far as I was concerned,
1: the Russians had a gate,
0: right? that must be what it is because yeah yeah i think that's exactly what no happens, actually now is you're saying russians that didn't they salvage it, out it? Of the ocean because then they have to go to the russians to say plen- caught in the t- the transport yeah there's the a whole gate. thing where
1: they have to uh work with the russians and they have to make a capitulation to the russia to, they have to, to the russians McKay, to be able to use their unfortunately gate unfortunately as well yeah <laughs> <fucking> McKay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, this must be what it is. This must, be, yeah, it, this, like, this must be the precursor to that, because they also bring up Russia in this episode for like a split second, where they're like, yeah, yeah they we, we've talked to Russia so that, we, you know, if there's an alien incursion, we can, you know, do something
0: about it. Oh, they do also set up that, like, if the ship lands, they will immediately tell Earth about yeah, the program. Yeah, the president's going to tell everybody what's been going down.
1: So, by yeah. the way, we've been... Um, Exploring other plants and letting other people know where we are and uh downside. There's, a there's some here people now. here now because we told them where we were. We didn't. Thor did. We told Thor where we were <laughs> <laughs> and Thor told them where we were. That's fair, that's fair. There was a um a breakdown in communication <laughs>
0: and uh, now there's a horde of aliens here to eradicate us. So Yeah, so so SGC is now using the betagate, uh cause the Alpha One is on uh Thor's ship now. It's been stolen. Uh sorry. Oh yeah. So they're they're basically doing this thing where Sam is in the room with Thor. She's getting him ready for transport and setting up all of the last minute like programming details for, you know, timing getting everything set up so that the ship will blow and they can get out safely and blah 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 blah.
1: Yep. I can't wait for the episode where it's just her and Thor and she's trying to eat his food and he's like, I particularly enjoy the yellow ones and she takes a bite and goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Sam's in that room with Thor, and then um, Teal'c is dialing the gate by hand, uh, while Jack is holding off the replicators with his big ol' shotgun. Seriously, that scene is, like, way too sexy for me. (laughs) Uh, I actually, I really appreciate that, like, right as he dials in the last one, Teal'c tells Jack, duck. Because they're in a tight room, and Jack has to keep close to the gate to help defend it. So obviously he's in the the backsplash of the gate opening. So Teal tells Jack duck so he doesn't get hit by the backsplash. I liked it. Oh my god, that's fucking motorcyclist. Uh, yeah. So I I did like that. I thought that was really great. Nice attention to detail. Uh, and then Sam teleports into the room next to them, and she's got Thor's little hover sarcophagus, <laughs> and. This is honestly, I think, the weakest CGI in this entire episode. The sarcophagus up against the backdrop of the open gate looks a little flat. But for that to be the worst CGI in an episode that's honestly got a lot of CGI...
1: Yeah, I'm still thinking of like Sokar's Planet and
0: all that shit with all that garbage crap, so anything in comparison to that is good. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're not on it for long enough for it to really be a problem. It just looked a little flat in front of the gate. Yep. But she... Uh, I like the fact that she sends Thor's little hover sarcophagus through while they're still holding off the gate. I just like that detail of get the sick and infirm one out first. And then, like, there's this whole, now? No, sir. Now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, like, Jack, like, I I really want to blow it now. She's like, no, it has to be at the perfect time or it's not going to work. So, this is how
1: you do it, too, is this scene. I like how they do it where they don't, like, do a ton of, like, cutting back and forth, like, showing... Like the enc- encroaching army, to... Like okay, this is how you do it. You do it like this, where you do like you know the the person's going okay now, okay now, and then the other person's like no, 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 and not yeah. the other way because like I was just you know season season two of Witcher's coming out soon, so I'm rewatching Witcher season one. Yeah, and I, as usual, got a little annoyed with the whole battle on you know the the battle of Sodden Hill thing. Yeah, where when she's um when Yennefer's up in the thing and she's watching and make, telling everybody to wait before they start firing, she, no one's saying shit. No one's doing shit. And this woman's like, hold, hold. Like so <laughs> yeah, that's, dramatically, that's like they're stupid. all like chomping at the bit and it's like they're not showing anything that would necessitate that sort of Drama in that particular moment for that mm-hmm. particular delivery—it's always kind of bugged me. I've seen it a few times. Yeah, that, I don't and blame me. That's like, unfortunate. Why? <laughs> like, why is she doing it like that? What was the choice there? Here, because I she really had to like make it. Sure,
0: she was the main character in that scene. <laughs> there
1: we go. Yeah, it was really much more of that. But I like it better in this instance with Stargate, where it's not that kind of thing. Where somebody's going, hold,
0: hold. It's a very natural exchange between Sam and Jack. Like exactly. they've had these kind of exchanges before like can we do it now no sir now no sir (laughs) it's much more of a teamwork
1: combat ready sort of thing now don't get me wrong with witcher there are a bunch of mages who aren't used to battle and they're not good at this shit and so on and so it would track that she's a little extra because she doesn't really know what the fuck she's doing that's still not my point my point is all about the drama and the element of it where it's like Mm -hmm. they're not even showing why she's being so extra about it aside from like some background elements that if you think about it maybe it makes sense (laughs) Here, everything just makes sense with the interactions. And I really
0: enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, so then Sam's like, okay, do it now. And they, you know, blow the thing and get out through the gate. Well, we don't actually see them get out through the gate. We just see him, like, push the button and then we see the outside. Yeah. We just have to assume they get out through the gate. And we can, Which I because like. there's ten seasons of this show. <laughs> Something tells me they made it, Mel. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I feel but, like they might But uh, another important detail about this episode, Walter is back. I like how they bring Walter back just to put him in the background. Uh, he's in the very front of the camera for two seconds when he's reporting on the ship coming down. Yeah, true. But I wanted more Walter, and I will I continue know. to demand but I was more happy Walter until I get more all. Walter right we, we, we have had siler last episode we got walter this episode <laughs> The i think kind. you're gonna get fired yes god best part of that whole episode uh yeah so walter's back that's the most important thing about this episode is that walter's back uh but yeah so we get we see the from the outside the ship burn up on re-entry and hit the water and then we get like the sgc where they're like they're, they're fine they got out they're <laughs> like, kind time. of like that like tense, like yeah, they they definitely got out, right? They got out. <laughs> well, they stole our gate, so what's the, the? Well, we gotta hope like they did, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then the, but obviously, since this is a two parter, with the second part being the start of it, season four, we don't know if they got out yet. But the episode ends with a, going back to the water where the ship went down, and we see a little a yeah, little residue from the ship floating on the water. Yeah, a piece of and debris floating on the top. it lingers there for a second and then a single replicator climbs up on top.
1: I liked the touch of having like the Nordic knot kind of thing on the outside of the ship so you can clearly tell like yes. where it came from.
0: Exactly. And so when
1: the replicator, not that the replicator crawling on top of the fragment wouldn't have been a pretty wouldn't clear indicator. would have told you what was going right? on. But you never know, you know, there could be other shit in the sea. So I do appreciate yeah. the little like, extra bit of detail. But like, yep, cough, cough. This is definitely from the Belisker. And then I really also, did like Also, it's just the, a nice uh, visual. Yeah, no, I, I, was gonna, I really what I was going to say is, I like the visual of what looks kind of like a dog crawling on top of it and going like giving itself a little shake as it goes. Yeah. Oh. All right, season four. Let's wreck some yes! shit. <laughs> Let's kill some bitches. Yeah, as
0: soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's the preview for the submarine. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I love that. And then also, I just appreciate it, because I'm like, oh, that's how the submarine story happens. Thanks, guys. Right, <laughs> yeah, it's like,
1: oh, good, water. No, I had the same thought when I saw that last scene. I was like, oh, so there's that's why the submarine gets That's involved. why I keep okay. remembering the submarine. Yeah, because and they were in the water, and they took also over the also in submarine. that
0: episode, I believe. I think he's also in the submarine episode. It's also another one where Daniel is not involved in the main action. He's at SGC on a headset. <laughs> no, I actually really do like
1: their um, uh, Hut for Red October episodes.
0: Yeah, I, that's why I remember it actually better than this episode. <laughs> it was the follow-up, and it was a good follow-up from what I remember. Absolutely, And that, that will, will, we will get that in the future. Uh, but for today, we finished season three. Wow, look at that. Nice. Let's go through our usual things uh nobody died well (laughs) i don't know jack sam and teal'c might be dead (laughs) nobody that we overtly saw
1: on screen died fair enough uh plot armor has most likely saved our friends but until we see does teal'c briefly not breathing count as dying um, it would depend for me. Death isn't uh until you reach brain death in real life. So people mm-hmm. who like um, like I was raised by a medical practitioner, so I'm very familiar with the phrase "You're not dead until you're warm and dead." For example, so like somebody yeah. who's frozen you know like that kind of thing like you're not dead yeah. until you're warm and have yeah. no heartbeat because up until then your heartbeat is a different story so with that in mind if you're suffocating in space but get transported back into an oxygen-rich atmosphere and get yourself compressioned back into wakefulness i don't think that counts as dead
0: yeah i think um i said not so clinically as if this was a there. real situation <laughs> well even as you're saying it i was th- i was honestly thinking along the same lines uh thinking about how long it takes for like um lack of oxygen to really start shutting down your systems yeah i don't think he was out there long enough for that exactly I think he it was just long a enough of for him and- to like go out for a little yeah. bit you i know? think
1: honestly he wasn't even like really completely out of oxygen i think if he was completely out it was- wasn't was until like the very last few yeah. moments because yeah, yeah. it does take a little bit of time I absolutely think, to de- they to- don't immediately to depressurize
0: mm-hmm like that was yeah, a pretty no, big I... hole.
1: Don't get me wrong. That was born yeah, in this oh, thing, yeah. but still.
0: Yeah, I think I think we're both in agreement that, that doesn't count as a death. Maybe if it had been someone else out there, it would have. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, are you a Jack or are you a Daniel for this episode? Well,
1: I have never had my appendix taken out. Um... Same. So, not that that is at all the thing, but I was mostly going to joke <laughs> with, uh, I have never had my appendix taken out, uh, nor have I been kidnapped by aliens. So I don't really have a lot to, to, to really lean me one way or the other, because almost mm-hmm. all of their interactions in the episode are <laughs> entirely dependent of their situations. Yeah. Um. That being said, I am Jack a thousand times, trying to... I fast forward through everything. You've... <laughs> seen me um actually I'm going to do a better version of this so uh, you know how I'm always using uh, I'm always talking about that YouTube group VLDL that I love Yeah. They have a skit from their epic NPC man series that I oh my god do I resonate with this. Um as you know we play Final Fantasy. I actually know very little about Final Fantasy 14's storyline because I've actually Aww. skipped the majority of it. I keep meaning to go back and listen to it again, but I played the game to play with you. So I really wasn't paying attention to the yeah. story and I, I at, have and you in the beginning, yet? not yet, not yet, no. So I, I have plenty okay, of time to start get stuff ready. Attention yeah. Then. yeah, exactly. That's what everyone says to me. The whole point I'm getting at here is, is, I um, I'm a chronic skipper. Like, there's a lot of games I play just for the story, but there's plenty of games I play regardless of what the fuck is going on in there. Yeah. So when I'm somebody who feels like skipping, I become a really bad skipper. And then I'll be like, skip, skip, skip. Oh my God, fucking skip. Oh my God, fucking skip. And this skit in VLDL really gets me where he's just like gleefully skipping through this incredibly long cutscene full (laughs) of dialogue. And then at the end, when it's all over, everybody's on the ground dead. And he goes, oh, finally. Shit, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. (laughs) And that's me. And that's Jack a lot. Where he's skipping through everything and he's just like, Okay, now what am I supposed to do? It's like, well, bro, the information's right there in front of you. So that's me. I do that a lot. <laughs> I'll skip through a bunch of crap and then be like, "Fuck shit, what am I supposed to do now?"
0: I'm not quite that bad, although talking about Final Fantasy XIV, I do have a bad thing because I'm making a point with my replay now. Um, um, I'm making a point of not skipping any of the cutscenes. There's something about the way they write dialogue in Final Fantasy XIV that if it's not an an audio narrated cutscene, I have so much trouble actually paying attention to what they're saying. Why do you think I, I try so, so hard? But there's something in their language where it just like floats, it floats through my eyes and then just e- exits out the back of my head. It's like they said something. <laughs> words were uttered yeah so it's like that uh so i'm i'm like halfway there with like the skipping um i'm like halfway there (laughs) but i also i don't think i can be daniel because a daniel's barely in this episode right uh but b one of the most prevalent things he does in this episode is play sick to avoid fishing and i like fishing
1: Fishing's fun. I've actually never done it once, um, because I was raised by hippies, so hunting was not something I was allowed to do. Shock. But
0: I went fishing once, and it was so much fun. See, but we hunted and ate what we hunted.
1: Yeah, that's again, when it comes to militant hippies, it doesn't matter if you're eating it or not. Hunting is hunting and therefore it's evil. But I uh, went on a school thing that my parents didn't know about, and so they didn't know we were going to a fish hatchery. So nice. I got to go fishing, and it was epic. It was like one of my favorite childhood memories because for the first time in my life, I was allowed to fucking do something. I may have only ever done it once in my life, but to this day, I want to go fishing again someday because it seemed like a fuck ton of fun to my
0: inexperienced uh, it is mind. It's fun. But, so we're both Jack. Cause we both want to fish.
1: <laughs> I just had the funniest image in my head of us doing the weirdest cosplay for nobody but ourselves, but we would be fishing dressed like Daniel and whining the whole time. Yes, with the little floppy hat. Exactly. Yes, with the full hat. <laughs> okay, we can do this. It's almost an hour and forty-five. We can yes. Do
0: we yeah, cause uh, all that we got left is is this uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs or up, thumbs up episode, thumbs up episode. This Hand wasn't down. even. This I didn't even a actually ask you before, before I down. put it in the tally. I was
1: like, this is a good episode. No, it really was. I remember thinking, ugh, all right, yay, this storyline's starting. Woo, last week. No, this was great. I didn't remember any of the fun stuff, and all the things I didn't really like about it weren't actually in this because all the things no, I don't later like about it are all replicator That's things. replicarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all replicator-type shit that I just don't... don't I have nothing against the replicators as an enemy. They're a pretty effective enemy. I just... Mm-hmm. I've seen it before with the Borg, and I know that's always... I think that's always just been a bit of a thing in the back of my mind. Always kind of like, yeah, been there, done that. And on top of that, I liked the Goa'uld, and I didn't like Replicator or how they went with the storylines of the Replicators. Mm -hmm. That's just totally personally me. They themselves are actually very effectively done, I think. And at the very least, were effectively
0: introduced in this episode. And it's also... What I think is good about the Replicators is that they're a secondary enemy that's being introduced, they operate in an entirely different way from the gold. They do. They were very separate.
1: So, like I said, establishing wise, that is not a problem. There was. I don't have I like any that. complaints about how they were set up or even how they were used necessarily. I just because I don't like the storylines necessarily that went around yeah. them. Isn't really. Um. It. It isn't because they were replicators. It's because I didn't care for the stories. <laughs> um. I can't wait for one that's going to be a little bit more. Uh. To get to get pretty ahead of us ourselves here. It's involving more of the humanoid uh replicators and it's Uh an Atlantis but I can't remember his name right now but the guy who replaced uh Burns on M.A.S.H. uh oh um oh fuck the reason why he got stationed there is because he owed his commander his commander owed him money in poker so he got transferred to the M.A.S.H. unit for that Uh he played Waxana, Troy's husband, almost husband, in Star Trek Next Gen, but then his character has to commit suicide. It's like a whole thing. He's a great <sighs> actor. He's great in sci-fi outside of M.A.S.H. Anyway, he plays one of the replicators. It's the whole reason why I brought it up. Oh, nice. That storyline is, is actually not bad. That's the moment I, I see him, I'll good. know exactly yes. who you're talking about. Because I've seen all of M.A.S.H. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's he's amazing. He he plays the, the, the... He's the one in that episode of M.A.S.H. where they, he and... um uh Houlahan come back from something and everybody had gotten like the flu or something and so he's just like oh god they all they all need <sighs> nursing
0: oh, yes
1: and she's oh, like oh him. yeah guess what you're gowning up and you're gonna do some fucking nursing doctor that guy he's amazing oh my
0: god he's, he
1: plays a replicator in um, Atlantis that's gonna and be it's so awesome. good to see him yeah. as a replicator so that, that's just me showing that like even when I don't like the replicator storylines there are replicator storylines that I I, um, what was, what's the word Eric and I learned this from another culture uh, Mulk Visti uh, we heard that it means, supposedly, one that I hate the least. <laughs> that's my mulk Visti storyline, because go. that's the replicator storyline that I dislike the least.
0: There we go. Uh, so I do want to ask, do we want to give Martin Wood another Hall of Fame tally? You know what? That
1: visor shot alone really got me, and I love how he used the effects in this first time 35mm episode. I really loved the forget-me shot. Yeah, the CGI was really
0: good. They interacted well with it. Yeah, it's Um, the interactions that also really get me. I loved the light halo on Sam's hair. I liked them doing the good version of Hold. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, yeah. There was enough things where we're like really good directing here that I'm like, we gotta ask, we gotta revisit. Yeah, you know what? Martin Wood, Wood, major, major is, Wood gets uh,
1: uh he gets a promotion to Major and he gets, in my opinion, a vote for the Hall of Fame.
0: Martin Wood is tying is tied with Peter DeLuise nice. for Hall of Fame. Nice. go go Wood. <laughs> They've both got four. I like how they both like to the cameo directives.
1: themselves too, as it turns out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's an it's interesting cute. little I love uh it. trend. But yeah, so that is it for this episode and for this season. Goodbye, season three. You were fun. Goodbye, season three. You were fun. You were fun. You had your moments, but you were fun.
1: I'd say 95% of you was really good. Yeah, no, I would back that up. It had some moments, but again, it was a pretty damn good season. Um, season four, I think, is also going to be pretty damn good. I'm pretty sure it's season seven. That's the one that I'm always kind of like, guys, what the fuck? But then they brought it back for season eight because they thought that that was the end. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, 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 the season three was a good, solid season. I feel like this is going to be, starting in a couple of uh, months, we're going to stop being able to say this was a good season. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll just be like, this is a good episode in this right? season. Right. Like, remember <laughs> that 20% of the season that was good? You know, that kind of stuff. So, until that I comes, I'm, I'm really trying change. to like, celebrate these moments. I know it's moments. still
0: a ways away, but I can't wait for change. Like, especially finding out that Christopher Judge wrote it. But yeah, okay. no, I think season three served us well. Yes. Even with the drop storylines, like the pregnancy and all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, next week, we are going to start season four. Episode one. Small victories. And the summary for this episode. SG-1 is called upon to help a race of gentle, highly intelligent aliens struggling against a swarm of ravenous, deadly mechanical spiders called replicators. But But the situation becomes much more complicated when a lone replicator is discovered in the most unlikely of places back home on planet Earth. oopsie the submarine episode is episode seven by
1: the way i wasn't looking forward to replicators but considering how much this one really like came round for me
0: i'm actually kind of looking forward to season four yeah i think it's i think it's the later replicator stuff that you don't like here's another preview for you wow episode three upgrades episode three Uh uh-huh I remember you loving that one so I was like that I got you know That means it's
1: coming that means the yeah. Zaytark episode is coming. I have full on yeah. crazy eyes right now. I am so yeah, excited. You do. No, seriously I love upgrades. Here's the thing. I love the Zaytark <gasps> episode, but I love upgrades. Time loop is episode 6. I'm looking for So season for four, 4 is season. good. Season 4 <laughs> is a good season. Ooh, double jeopardy is this season? nice this is gonna be a good season no it's gonna be a very good season i guess yeah this this actually completely tracks because season four will be great season five will be middling-ish and then season six will suck while we're getting back
0: oh yeah there we go cyrus is this season
1: yeah so season four is actually gonna be pretty damn good season four is gonna be great and then it's gonna be into okay
0: season five i know some people for how he got out of murder accusation (laughs) Yeah, dude, season season four is going to be an experience. There's a lot of good episodes in season four. I am really looking forward to this season. Hell yeah. All right. So yeah, Uh, next week, small victories. That's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not lists or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com. Or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find
1: links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like our show, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us on our Incursion Through the Iris, and until next time.